This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to episode 52 of Total Saints Podcast. This is the dedicated weekly podcast going to the heart of all things Saints. The three of us are here as per normal. That's myself, Ben Stanfield, Steve Grant of Saints Web and Adam Leach, the chief sports writer at the Daily Echo for any first time listeners. And if you are a first time listener, then nice to have you along with us. You boys keeping okay? Yeah, all good. Yeah, yep, good. Thanks, mate. Good. Yep, no, good. No hangover as well, which I'm pleasently surprised by. Yeah, that does What's make a change. Thing? That does make a change. Yeah. Good. All right. I feel, I feel surprisingly fresh this morning. Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. So, uh, yeah, depending on when you're listening, but we're recording on a Sunday morning today, so very, very early. But uh, there we go. Um, alongside the three of us, making his second appearance on TSP, it's former Formula One driver, all-round car nut, a massive Saints fan, Tiffany Dow, and who can forget, the voice of the Toka 2 Touring Cars video game. Bringing up the rear, the new Audi driver is really going to have his wibbly show changed up. Bringing up the rear, the new Audi driver is really going to have this work cut. I'm going to get this page. I'm going to kill him. Bringing up the rear, the new Renault driver is really going to have his work cut out to get. Does the f-ing script writer ever f-ing read these out loud, or does he just f-ing write them? Have his work cut out to get him, bastard. I bet he never reads them out loud once. Tiff, welcome back. Good morning. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Keen to come back, especially coming back after we've almost had a positive day out. I know, I know. I mean, the three of us have spent weeks talking about defeats and throwing away leads, and uh, I think uh, probably all Saturday yesterday went for that third Man United goal to go in. As we were sort of pressing forward at two all, I tried to ask some fans near to me, when did we last regain a lead yeah. that nobody can remember? When were we last ahead? level and then actually regain a lead oh, so God, remember that's at all. a very very good question God, i don't think i was born <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the the, the the most of us can normally remember that steve you're pretty good with your, your data i'm just trying to think back to whether yeah was, i'm trying uh, to think is i mean you would think last season at some point uh yeah. oh, bournemouth. bournemouth bournemouth there we go yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah well done yeah there we go. If anyone's listening and you can think of anything more recent than Bournemouth, then let us know. But uh, and uh, how's things with you then, Tiff? You said you've been filming this week, so have we got some uh, classic Nadal to look forward to in the coming weeks. Yes, well, I'm on, I'm on Love Cars now website, so right. I'm, a, I'm a YouTuber now with a friend of mine who's got his YouTube. So we have to look at Love Cars. Yeah, and we've been out doing the new BMW 8 series, and there's lots of stuff on there. We test hot hatches, and so it's a bit of fun. Fifty yeah. had a bit of another return. We had about eight programs uh, in in the autumn. Yeah, but no, I'm on Love Cars. Yeah, good, good. And we're not going to see you on I'm a Celebrity at any point, are we? No, I think I'm not. I, I, I wouldn't mind being out there. It's quite yeah. good money, actually. Quite a good gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But I think now some bloke called, I don't know who he is, Redknapp. So, yeah, some people apparently have heard of him before, but I don't know who he is. But he's, he looks quite good, actually, on that. He, uh, apparently he was a football manager, but I, yeah, I don't know who he is. His name, his name does ring a bell, doesn't it? Yeah, but I, I, I imagine, to be honest, eating fish eyes and stuff is probably less painful than watching Saints these days, really, isn't it? So uh, if, if you're putting yourself through that, you're probably one up. But uh, there we go. Well, I mean, you'd be pleased to know after the last appearance that Steve, myself and Adam have all warmed up by going down the disco. So uh, we're, we're ready to go, really. But um, yeah, and I, I guess, I mean, it was, what, 12 months ago? And ironically, I was thinking uh, the you know when I was putting my notes together last time we spoke to you Saints were just about to play Manchester United and Tottenham as we uh, record today we've just played Man United we're just about to play Tottenham and uh, nothing's really changed we're still pretty crap tiff <laughs> <laughs> oh it's desperate you can't enjoy games now that's the sad thing even yesterday you know you, we, when it was two or you, you just spend the whole second half waiting for the inevitable yeah. you know yeah. amazingly the inevitable didn't come in the 93rd minute yesterday but <laughs> Yeah. Those two free kicks were right in front of us, you know, right at the end. This one of these, I can see Fellaini rising, <laughs> with his head and nodding it. In. There's always one albatross out there with with, with uh, Southampton, Fellaini or, yeah. or uh, Giroud always comes in at the 93rd exactly. minute. And, uh, yeah. So we, I just kept on expecting it to come, and amazing, I was sort of a bit stunned at the end that nothing had gone wrong. I know. I was thinking with the, the first one. Obviously, McCarthy came off his line, Stephen claimed it, and you thought, "Oh, thank goodness for that." And then everyone knew Gabardini was going to have a shot from about 40 yards for his one. And then, uh, yeah, as Tiff says, Steve, when that that final free kick there, Ashley Young, you, you were just waiting for someone to head it home, really, weren't you? So typical Saints. Yeah, we were. It was weird. It was, it was strange because, yeah, I mean, as you say, you kind of expect United haven't been two 0 down, and the fact they have been a bit of a second half team, they've needed to go behind mm. to give themselves a bit of a kick up the arse this season, and you kind of expected their quality to shine through in the end. But I mean, they they showed very little yeah. for pretty yeah. much the entire game. I, was, I guess a neutral would be quite disappointed with them. Mm. Um, obviously, I wasn't because it meant that we were able to get a result, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were they were garbage, weren't they? Yeah. For, for the for the majority, and I guess from that perspective, you think, well, really, we possibly find ourselves seeing that as a missed opportunity to be honest yeah absolutely so well it's it's good to have you with us Tiff and obviously we'll uh, chat a bit more about the the Manchester United game we'll also look ahead to this week's uh, games coming up for for Saints in the next seven days Spurs at Wembley and the uh, much more crucial looking trip down to Cardiff City Um, we'll also um, briefly reflect on an email I've had through this week from uh, Prowl who lives in Kathmandu in Nepal so he listens to the pod so uh, I asked him to send through some details on how he started following uh, Saints and listening to our podcast as well as that, with Tiff on, uh, who's, uh, as we all know, a bit of a, a passion for football and for cars, we're going to play off one off highly competitive game show, which I've come up with, which is called Player Your Cars Right. So that'll be one for all the uh, Play Your Cars fans out there. If you don't know what oh, it is, God. ask your parents. Honestly, Steve, I, uh, I thought this when I was bathing the kids the other day. It's going to be amazing. But uh, this, this can only end well. <laughs> more on that later, Eddie. But uh, look, as, as mentioned in the last couple of podcasts, we joined the world's number one entertainment patron site, patreon.com, and uh, we've had another couple of uh, sign-ups this week uh, of patrons to support in the podcast so we're very grateful for those so just to give them a, a shout out as we agreed we would that's uh, Shane Dezilwa who lives over in Oakland in California uh, listens every week sorry about mentioning the Sri Lanka cricket last week um, Steve it turns out that Shane's uh, Sri Lankan by birth so he was a bit disappointed that we were talking about the whitewash which uh, which did come and uh, we've also got um, Will who uh, actually runs a, a political podcast so he's a Saints fan Limehouse podcast if you haven't listened to it go and give it a listen he signed up this week as well so great to have both of those on board. Um, that, that, that guy in Oakland's going to yeah. be a bad year, isn't he? He's called <laughs> Saints and the Oakland Raiders. He's, yeah, he's well, having yeah. a double. My son's an Oakland Raiders fan. Yeah. Oh, the, Ra- the Raiders are terrible this year, aren't they? Yeah. Jesus. It's, it's, I always think that with us, you know, supporting Saints and watching Hampshire cricket, and Steve's a big cricket fan as well. You know, you watch those batting collapses down at the Aegeus Bowl, but uh, yeah, none of us have much luck, do we? But uh, there we go. More details can be found on www.patreon.com/totalsaintspod. Anyway, let's get on with this week's podcast, episode 52, in association with saintsworld.co.uk, saintsarchive.com, and sponsored for 2018-19 by the South Coast number one hot tub company, Happy Hot Tubs. HappyHotTubs.co.uk At Happy Hot Tubs we specialise in hot tubs. It's all we've done for 35 years. So if you're thinking about a hot tub and want to speak to someone, then we're the place for honest, clear and friendly advice. Plus, right now we have 0% available on our hot tubs, meaning you can spread the cost in easy payments. You deserve happy. Come and get it at Happy Hot Tubs. Conditions apply. Visit HappyHotTubs.co.uk HappyHotTubs.co.uk 0% excludes free throw range. 
Jose Mourinho and his Red Devils rocked up at St Mary's this past Saturday and the late kickoff with Saints pulling off a fighting two-all draw in the Premier League. As we discussed in the intro, Adam, all in all, you know, frustrating, encouraging, but probably a hard four point that we would have taken beforehand. Yeah, definitely would have taken that point before the game started, especially given the state that Saints came into it in, or, or, or so it felt anyway. I think it's Steve who said it did end up feeling like a sort of a missed opportunity because it's been a long time since they've beaten a big six team and that felt like potentially the chance to do it when you're well when you're two nil up obviously you've got a good chance to do it um I was surprised uh how average United were mm. um I know I read a lot um from people saying that they're not you wouldn't recognize them as a United team as I think of United teams which are the kind of Fergie era even though I do appreciate that's a long time gone that's still in my mind that when Man United turn up uh, those sort of sides but uh, and they were a long long way short of that um, and there was a lot of you know excuses made for them afterwards about only having one recognised centre half and, and while that was true I also thought well you know Saints didn't have a left back mm. um, so they, they obviously had to change they changed the formation for Leicester and stuck with it with Cedric out on the left they brought in Jan Valerie was forced to come in for a you know a Premier League debut and did uh, very well yep. too. But yeah, I thought it was decent. And, and again, it was another one of these games that the, the evidence of what you see on the pitch suggests progress mm. and that things are getting slightly better and moving in the right direction. But the, again, it doesn't quite tally with the end result. And the end result, that seems a bit harsh to say that because we would have taken the point. But obviously at 2-0 up at home, you feel like you, you should be winning the game. Yeah. Maybe it would be different if you were playing Manchester City rather than Manchester United. Mm. But um, yeah, it, it's kind of just that feeling that I've had, uh, I've got at the moment. And, and, you know, Fulham, Leicester and this, it's three games in a week where you felt like there's plenty to like about what's going on. It's just so frustrating that that end result when the final whistle goes doesn't quite match. I'll tally up with what we've seen on the pitch. Yeah, as you as you say, it's that uh, it's it's not winning games, isn't it? But you know, Steve Adams, right? It's um, you, you look back at even Watford, Fulham, Leicester. They play well. Yesterday they play well, but but still no wins. And clearly, someone at Saints has listened to the podcast because for you, it was uh, nice to probably have eleven players starting because Hoyt and Austin were nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I mean, when I when I heard heard that that was going to be the likely uh, likely lineup, it was like, yeah, okay, I can I can get on board with this. Um, I think it looked a little bit lopsided with Cedric on the left, but ultimately it kind of worked, I think. Although both goals kind of came through that channel a little bit, so you could kind of, at the end of the day, he's, he's playing out of position, so you've got to make a, make allowances for it. And But I thought, I mean, Valerie was unchallenged, really. Mm. I thought he was he was solid. Um, I, don't think, I, mean, I think Shaw got in behind once and put a cross in. Um, fairly early on, but other than that, there was not, there wasn't an awful lot coming down our right-hand side. Um, United were trying to play through the middle, but to us, it was, it was much like a lot of a lot of Saints games we've seen this season. You couldn't really see a discernible plan from United, and that's for for a side with that sort of quality. That's that's weird. Mm. Um, but I mean, our performance, I thought, yeah, I mean, from front to back, really, we were we were decent. A lot more energy, a lot more intent. Um, I mean, while we didn't really test De Gea as much as that sort of territorial advantage might have sort of um, shown we looked like the only side that was going to win that game. Um, it was just, yeah, was just again, as you say, frustrating that we've not really managed to capitalise. And once again, we've gone gone another game against against a top six side and not one. Mm. And, I, and I think, I mean, Adam said there, and he was right in that, uh, you know, United were poor. But you, you look at their lineup. I mean, admittedly, defensively, certainly at centre back, they 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 looked weak. But I mean, there's still, you know, I would say world class players throughout that team. So, you know, yes, they played disappointingly, but Saints still came up against a pretty strong eleven. And uh, to come out with something, bearing in mind confidence is low, you know, it is encouraging. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you'll you'll struggle to find that many negatives from yesterday, to be fair, which does make a pleasant change. Mm. But yeah, I mean, that that, you know, that United side on paper, I mean, ignore the, the three centre halves, um, because yeah, they're they're obviously very weak in in that situation. But then they're come they're up against one central striker who's what 19 years old mm. and making his first Premier League start. So. Th- you would you would still expect players even of that even of that quality out of position like Matic. I mean Matic has won the Premier League what two or three times um, with Chelsea, so he's he's no mug. He's played centre half before. Um, McTominay don't know if he's played there before, but 
wasn't completely hopeless. Mm. So yeah, I mean it's it's still a it's still a strong United side. They've still got Lukaku, who obviously always scores against us. <laughs> and yeah, I mean they they've got they've still got quality sort of throughout throughout the side, and we we kept them pretty much at arm's length for most part of it. Yep, and uh, and Tiff, I, uh, you know, Steve's just hit the nail on the head there. I had down here three things are certain in life: death, taxes, and Romelu Lukaku scoring against Saints. Another <laughs> <laughs> our bogey man. Yeah, yeah. But it, was, but it was still a great show. I think you know, over Fabio up front. I always think the trouble we we have we've got to develop. We don't really have those breakaway goals. Mm. We sort of you know we saw Redmond shooting up the right on the couple of breakaways. Then you look ahead into the penalty area. And there's nobody there. You know, there was mm. little Oberfabi on his own in the in the United box. And you know, I'd like to see sort of someone like Sam Gallo, who I thought did it bright. I mean, how injured is he? So sort of someone that's fast and tall to yeah. run into the box where we have we, we don't we don't score those breakaway goals anymore. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, you, you know, we've been quite critical on the podcast of. Mark Hughes picking the same players that are making mistakes. So, the, you know, again, it's easy to, to pick names out generally, but the likes of Hoyt and, and those sort of players. So I, I guess having been encouraged by the performance at Leicester, how, how sort of pleasing was it to see some young players now involved? Because I, I think as a football fan, we realise that as teams struggle a bit more and they need results, you, you know, young players don't tend to get a chance. So it's good to see him go with Valerie and Obafemi, even some, you know, even though some of it was maybe forced. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. It was all good. As long as Charlie's not on the pitch for a while, yeah. I'm happy. I'm, dear old Charlie, I've lost patience with him sort of standing in the middle of the pitch, pointing his arms where other people should be running and offside within two minutes of a kick. I mean, it's, I don't know what, but uh, he needs a rest. And, uh, and in, in general then, um, you know, what did you make of the performance against Manchester United yourself? Yeah, I thought it was good. I enjoyed, enjoyed it, except just that tension in the second half, you know. It's, mm. it's uh, you know, it's a shame we couldn't get a third and stuff. We sort of feel, come on, get one more. And uh, it's just his strike power is still our problem. I mean, Oberfame had a great you know, debut, but uh, it's just his, getting the guys to put it in the back of the net is still our problem. Yeah. And uh, Adam, I was saying to, to someone on uh, on Twitter last night that uh, we, we, we remember Fraser Forster having that issue with whether he couldn't work out whether he was right-footed or left-footed in terms of taking goal kicks. Maybe we've realised after all this time that Cedric Saris isn't actually a right-back, he's a left-back. Well, he did a good job out there, he I did. thought. I mean, I mean, and he Steve, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a great goal. But I mean, Steve was, um, Steve was right. I mean, United's attack, attacking strength came down that side. I mean, it was like you, you, you give with one hand, take with the other in a way, in terms of the centre halves and that Wesley Hood had obviously been under a lot of pressure. Hughes changed him out and brought in Vestergaard. And, and to be honest, I thought Vestergaard had a bit of a shocker. He was pretty, you know, he was certainly well at fault for a couple of the goals and there was a, remarkable to see how slow that he was moving out there I mean that might be a consequence of not having played too much I suppose but um yeah and I mean I, I was surprised with United because knowing obviously that Cedric was going to be on the left and Valerie was going to be on the right as as we all did I fully expected Mourinho's team selection to have Martial out wide on one wing uh Rashford out wide on the other and Lukaku through the middle and thought mm. well United will just you know try and use their pace out wide get in behind um and you know, getting behind the wing backs and and around the side of the centre halves, and then you know, try and get in behind and pull the ball back for Lukaku, basically. Mm. So it was a real surprise that, for me, the Mourinho didn't go down that route, and they kept playing down the middle, which you know, com- completely suited Saints. And while we're on the topic, it would be remiss of me not to point out that obviously Romelu Lukaku had repaid my faith in him for being <laughs> my uh, my dream team captain yeah. all this time. Yeah, I've forgotten that. Um, it's, it's good management. That's what it is. It's just, it's just good, <laughs> <Yeah>. solid management. <laughs> I haven't checked the points yet, but yeah, I'd forgotten about that. So well done. Yeah, it was 981 minutes, I think, he'd gone. So you, you did well to stick with him, Ads. That's what I said. It's, yeah. this is, part, of, part of management is about man management. and. Yeah keeping faith with people and yeah. you know obviously i met up with him before the game and we had a chat <laughs> yesterday and you know i think he just it just did the job for him <laughs> oh dear classic um and uh, yeah i mean just in terms of our goals and ads so uh, you mentioned there cedric's free kick and um, Stuart armstrong that's three and two premier league games took his goal very well as well yeah i mean what what a revelation he's been i mean it's, it's still early days i know there's a lot of people sort of saying well why on earth hasn't he been playing obviously he did get injured and i think that hampered him early on he probably could have played a few more games but not too many more but we're really seeing what he's brought in for and uh, you know i think i made the point on last week's pod we we haven't really seen somebody play that role in that way um since stephen davis under kuman and mm. it, you know minus tadic 
um, whose <laughs> form with Ajax is, is, you know, by the week making that decision look worse and worse and worse. And as I've said on the pod many times from the from the summer, I thought it was a pretty awful decision in the first place. Mm. But um, to let him go, but but needing some creativity and some goals from midfield. I mean, he is providing it. That let's be completely honest, goals from up front are pretty rare these days for Saints and they haven't you know without Danny Ings they haven't really got any other strikers scoring and for all the uh, chaos factor that Obafemi brings because of his pace and ability to stretch teams he hasn't yet shown he's got an awful lot of composure in front of goal to this stage so we need goals from elsewhere frankly otherwise they're not going to score so and Armstrong is obviously proving to be the man who can deliver that from midfield so that's good news for Saints really yeah I, I thought um, there's a lot of pressure around Mark Hughes and I, I think that still remains but I thought you know personally I thought Saints worked really hard particularly second half I thought off the ball Mourinho you know had said after the game that they lost a lot of balls in midfield second half which um, you know I know Pogba was fart arsing around a bit but to be honest you know probably credit to Hoiberg, Lamina and Stuart Armstrong for sort of getting in their faces and you know I, I felt certainly second half pessimism aside there only looked to be one team that were going to win the game but um, I mean, you, you know when you look back at it now Steve that's 12 points dropped from winning positions this season which again you know we know Saints love doing that but I mean that would make the, the Premier League look a lot more attractive if we actually had the you know even half of those points on the board. Well yeah I mean all, all 12 of them we'd be in the top half of the table yeah. um, which is faintly ludicrous but yeah, I mean, it's ultimately league table does tell certain untruths up until the end of the season, at which point it then does not does not lie. Yeah. So um, it's like one of those. Kruger. Yeah, I mean, you try and try not to go in sound bites and stuff, but ultimately some of these cliches do ring true. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, the 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 lack of sort of backbone, I suppose, when we're when we've got a lead, which is strange because you would think when we've got a lead, that would be the point that you've got a bit of confidence and a bit of um bit of composure about yourself whereas if you're behind then that's when you then panic and you make rash decisions and things like that but for some reason our our attitude seems to be the complete opposite in mm. that when when we get the lead all of a sudden we panic it's like why are you doing that we're winning mm. um so yeah immensely frustrating um from that perspective but um we at least didn't add to the um the tally of goals conceded in the last 15 minutes this season which i think we're we're joint second on we are in, joint second yeah with Phillip, six, Phillip, with i think are the worst with eight. six or, yeah yeah i think we've conceded six or seven it's in the last seven 15. yeah that's right yeah exactly so uh, no uh, and and just finally then on the on the manchester united game tiff as a as a sort of third there i think we all agree that the pressure is still on mark hughes because they're not winning football matches what what's your sort of general view on him this season and and you know what you might do with him over the next coming weeks bearing in mind the fixture list looks uh, pretty tough as well yeah I've no idea on manager selection and stuff <laughs> the drummer Hughes he's always got this grumpy face I was right behind him I was actually in, in, as in the uh, wrong uh, in the hospitality at Fulham so I was, my boys were in the away end with my ticket yeah. um, but yeah, I was right behind the dugout you know the Hughes and his mates the, the guy the other his, his assistant you know, they, they seem to rule by fear a bit you know they're always <laughs> criticising everybody and I'd like to see a bit more lightness out of him sort of, you know, because I always think it's like motivation and uh, you know, but so I don't know whether Hughes is a good, a good idea to stay on, and the options don't seem nothing's obvious. Mm. So um, I think let them go for the rest of the year, and um, hopefully this turnaround in form. Well, there's still the worry. How when's Ings back? And you know, I mentioned yeah. Sam Gallagher, who I thought played well at Brighton, showed a lot of speed. I think we could we need a little pace and someone tall. Is, is Gallagher out for long? I'd like to see him have a go. You probably got a better view on him, Adam. I, I saw he was in the treatment room at Staplewood on Instagram the other day, so. Yeah, as far as I know, Gallagher's uh, Gallagher's still out for a while. So, um, yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing him back as far as I know anytime desperately soon. And as for Ings, I think that they're optimistic he'll be back uh, for Tottenham. Mm -hmm. I think with with him, they're just going very, very cautious, basically. A hamstring, a minor hamstring problem, obviously, at a time when you're playing two, three games a week can become a very serious problem very quickly. So uh, I think that they're just trying to make sure that when he comes back that he'll stay back um, as best they can. And, and if that means missing an extra one or two, then fair enough. And I, to be completely blunt, no, nobody ever writes games off, but I think most people are fairly sensible to think that it was always going to be hard to beat Manchester United and, and much, much more so Tottenham away on Wednesday. And, and really the focus is and has to be on Cardiff yeah. <laughs> at this point in time, Cardiff away. Um, then, then at least they've got a clear week. They've got Arsenal, but then it's Huddersfield away. And really, yeah, the, of, of these fixtures, they're the ones that are 
going to really you know, be very significant in their season. You, you can't just write games off completely, but I you, do. you've also... Yeah, <laughs> we know from your predictions, you're right. <laughs> but you, yeah, you've got to be realistic, haven't you? And say Cardiff yeah. is absolutely massive for them right now. Um, and Huddersfield too. And, and that's where the focus has got to be. So trying to make sure that Ings is available and fit for, for those matches, I think is absolute top priority for them. I know it's only the 2nd of December, but it was quite pleasing as fans that we were sat there watching all the other results go for us yesterday. Huddersfield losing, Newcastle losing, Burnley losing, that sort of thing. But just finally, as I mean, I know as fans, we've been quite frustrated throughout the season. And I think, again, you know, there was a lot of annoyance around yesterday that Saints didn't win against an average United side. They threw away a, another two-goal lead. But, you know, as I sort of said at the start, I mean, do, do you think we're maybe being a bit negative towards Saints at the moment because a draw against Manchester United at any you know any season any any stage of a of a season should be taken as a as a positive do you think we're maybe being a bit unfair on the team some of us um no I don't I don't think so but I think you you can take your lead from from Hughes and I think Hughes has felt that a couple of times in the past but even he was saying yesterday well you know kind of afterwards I'm paraphrasing here but he seemed to not quite know exactly how to feel about it in that he was really pleased with the performance obviously he was pleased enough with the result but I think he was like 2-0 come on we were 2-0 up and and the goals they conceded were pretty soft mm. I mean they could easily have dealt with those situations a lot lot better it was just it, it wasn't as if they were absolutely torn apart um, by terrific football they made some pretty fundamental errors um, I don't know and then maybe maybe though he would turn around and say I, I think I think he would say that perhaps we we have been overly critical of games where the results they've been decent performances but the results haven't gone the way they wanted against what what we would call lesser teams and it's almost like well you know it's perhaps we've gone too far you know cheering from the rafters for from them conceding two goals to draw uh two all with man united and the the barracking and booing when they've played well and come off with a draw against another team um was a bit over the top i mean his estimation interestingly from what you were saying earlier speaking to him after the game was I mean and I think this is him being fairly honest to be fair is that he said that his estimation is that really from from the performances they've had he thinks they should have seven or eight points more than they've got now Mm -hmm. so not not enough to put them in the top half of the table but that would that would I had a quick look earlier that would sit in 12th where Wolves are at the moment and I I think that's a fairly honest assessment because it would have been it's easy for a manager to come out and go oh we should have had another 12 points or something but but you've got to be realistic about it um so I think that's how what, how he would feel about it, to be fair, is that, you know, maybe 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 we've gone a little we're going because there's been so few positive results. We're going a little bit over the top, potentially against Man United. Maybe. I don't know. And maybe maybe he feels people have gone a bit over the top with the criticism in some of the other games because performances have been there. But but, you know, it's been a frustrating draw or something like that. Now, for those that don't know, our podcast host site, SoundCloud, allows Adam and myself to see the stats for our episodes so we can see, you know, how many listens we have, how many downloads we have, which countries they've been played in, which cities they've been played in, and, uh, you know, how you guys tend to listen to it. So whether it's through iTunes, iOS, Android, etc., etc. Um, I'd actually become quite, um, interested really because I'd, I'd seen that we were getting more and more listens to the podcast out in Nepal, which obviously is a, a country of 27 million, I think Wikipedia told me, but deepest South Asia. So you don't tend to sort of think that there may be many Saints connections out there um, and I was really pleased actually that um, uh, a Saints fan who lives out in uh, Nepal Prao Kakuru um, had uh, dropped a, a tweet through to me earlier this week and um, really sort of was keen to just give him a shout out because obviously there's not many Saints fans out in Nepal but I'd, I'd asked him to drop me through an email just to sort of give a bit of an overview as to how he'd ended up following Saints and into to TSP so um, Prao is on um, Twitter he's um, at Kakuru Prao and uh, he sent me an email through so I was just going to read it out and uh, give him a shout out really so um, the email said sending love and good wishes from Katmandu to all connected to TSP although I'm not able to listen to every episode I try to as much as I can I like them keep up the good work I started enjoying Saints in 2012-13 but season after that I felt I was starting to follow and care about them a lot more so probably 2013 Adam Lalana, J-Rod and Ricky Lambert were the players that I always wanted to see play back then currently I love the whole squad to be honest but I also want to see more of Josh Sims 
Regarding the current situation, I think it's better to react now with the manager. Hugh starts well with every football club, but then he struggles to keep them steady. I know people won't like me saying this, but at the moment, Saints need someone like Sam Allardyce who can guarantee the survival, and next season, club can look to attract other names. It's about getting organised, not conceding goals first, and then wins will come, but that's only my opinion. I haven't been to a game. Obviously, I would love to, but it's various reasons currently I'm unable to. I'm hoping that may happen sometime in the future. Adam, all the way from Nepal, but speaks a lot of sense. Yeah, well, I'm not sure that Steve will uh, thank him for the Sam Allardyce suggestion. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, as we've said many times before, it's uh, it's great that the podcast is listened to around the world and people like Prowl that you probably wouldn't expect to uh, to listen to it. Yeah, it's the amazing reach of the internet. And we find that at the, at the paper as well. And, um, you know, it's pretty well documented that newspaper circulations are, are falling. And, and I think the expectation in the industry is that, that's a trend that's just going to continue and continue and eventually you know they probably won't be profitable and they'll either you know dailies will either go weekly bi-weekly or Mm. or disappear altogether and it and it'll all be online but in the the weird contradiction uh, of being like a journalist going through this these times is that we've we've never had fewer people buy the paper and that you know that's almost a day-on-day trend you can say that and yet we've never had more readers because so many people around the world are are reading the website the numbers we have are absolutely mind-bogglingly big Mm. just for saints um you know there's uh and, and so many of those are international as well and the international interest of the club um and yeah it's great that people listen to the podcast and you know it's been i think we've both enjoyed doing it and it's a real pleasure to hear people you know actually get something out of it indeed sir well thanks very much for your email pro and uh, for being part of the saints family and hopefully uh, you can make it across to st mary's one day to see a game but i'd probably recommend you wait until they're a, a little bit better eh? but uh, there we go um look i'm very excited about this segment it's our one-off tiff related game show play your cars right um i've been working hard on this tiff um so no. yeah <laughs> i hope um, you got a suitable jingle for this uh, do you know i've actually downloaded and uh, by the time that i edit this it'll sound uh, perfect i've actually downloaded bruce Forsyth's play your cards right intro so it's, Excellent. honestly it's going to be seamless steve but uh, yeah, I mean, as as we know, um, footballers love their cars. So using information from an article that I found in a, in one of our national newspapers from last week, I, I won't say their name because no one really likes them, but uh, you can all guess who it was. We're basically going to go through a list of, there's, there's five footballers, either current or ex-footballers, and uh, we're going to go through cars that they've bought during their um, careers. And um, basically all you're going to have to do, like play your cards right, and as I said at the start, if you don't know what that is, ask your parents. Um, we will go on to one footballer. We will then uh, read through the car and uh, you will have to guess as a team the three of you whether that car is higher or lower in value than the one we've just done so uh, um, that's where it comes from it's player as in football players cars as in cars I mean it's pretty I mean Adam honestly I spent hours working on this yeah so you know it's always really good when you actually have to explain it like that yeah yeah but, but I, I think that's just so that everyone I mean we you know we're gonna have a lot of young generations that won't have a clue Bruce Forsyth is let alone play your cards right Good. All right. Excellent. Well, uh, as I say, you can work as a team, so you are allowed to confer, okay? And uh, there is a prize on offer. So our starting player is Manchester City striker Sergio Aguero. So Aguero has a customised Lamborghini Aventador, I think I pronounced that right, Tiff, valued at around 262000 okay? So that's our starting oh. card, yeah? I mean, it's all right for some ads. Um, so what we're going to do, the first... I start... the week's wages. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. At the daily, okay. every week. Yeah, exactly. Um, so our first footballer is David Beckham, okay? So David Beckham uh, once owned or currently owns the Rolls-Royce Phantom. So all you need to do as a collective is tell me whether David Beckham's Rolls-Royce Phantom is higher in value or lower in value than Sergio Aguero's Lamborghini. So what do you reckon? Oh, gosh. They're not as expensive as you think, rollers. Yeah. No, I, I would have gone, yeah, I'd probably say lower. I, okay. I think that's probably, it's probably around the 100, 150 grand mark. He's, well, he's probably, but, but, but then he'll have, have customised it. And that'll have spent, that'll have cost a fortune. Yeah, yeah. So. Is it customised? We need more. Well, let's just, just, just let's just say, up. let's just say, bearing in mind the answer's not lower. That yeah, let's just say it's customised. Oh, it is customised. What the role is customised. So that we can get the game off and running, Tiff. The answer's not lower. So let's just say it is customised, and then you can come up with the right answer. <laughs> it's higher. Then. Yeah, higher. higher. Excellent. Uh, You're right. It's uh, 350 grand. Apparently, that's the info that I've given. So uh, he, he yeah, must he have a few uh, extras on that. Yeah. One. <laughs> so yeah, good. All right, excellent. So that's a great start. Well done. Um, <laughs> I'm <a> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's maybe. going to be the customising that's going to kill us. Yeah. Where the extras, you know, so many cars now, you know, you say it's £30,000 car, then you find it's £40,000 yeah. when someone's added a bit of a paint job and some bling. Okay. So we're uh, very tricky to judge this. But, you know, continue. It's a well, great idea. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We, um, I promise we will get through this and you will win, so don't worry. Um, so, let, right, OK, we're, we're moving on to Manchester United and uh, ex-Sweden striker Zlatan Ibrahimovic now. So Zlatan previously owned a Porsche 918 Spider. OK, so all I need to know, guys, was was that Porsche Spider? Adam, you're very quiet. I know you love your cars. Um, is, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is the 918 higher or lower than Beckham's Rolls-Royce? What do you reckon? Lower. That's higher again. Oh, higher. Oh, no. Right, so what, what are you going with? Higher? I think, I think I'm still debating. I'm still debating. <laughs> let's I, just, I say, it, let's just say it's customised. It's customised as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to be higher then. Oh, excellent. Well done. 650 grand. Yeah, so a lot, <laughs> lot, a lot higher. Yep. So, uh, um, so there we go. So good. All right. We're, we're getting the hang of this now. So there's just three to go. Okay. So, uh, the much maligned <laughs> and, uh, justifiably so, I should add, former Senegal, Liverpool and Rangers player Al Haji Jeff purchased a Mercedes Benz SLR McLaren in 2009. So, was the value of the car at the time higher or lower than Ibrahimovic's 650 grand Porsche 91 Spider? And to make things a little bit easier, let's just say that Al Haji Jif didn't customise his car. Yeah, it's definitely lower now. Yeah, the SLRs, there were a few of those around. So yeah. you're going lower now. Yeah, what would you pay for an SLR tiff if you could? What now? Well, yeah. Well, just, then. Well, this they, was 2009, so what do you reckon then? Back then, it was about 150. Yeah, they got 420 grand, yeah? Ooh. Yeah, I mean it well, wasn't. It wasn't the same. If, if it was a seven two two, that are limited editions. He had limited editions. They're all selling these cars, which you never see on the roads. They just go to people's warehouses. They collect them like shares in stock markets. It's very sad, really. All these wonderful cars, nobody gets to drive them. I was going to say, I reckon they see fibblers coming and probably add a couple of noughts on the end, really, don't they? So uh, there we go. Right, two to go. Big finish. Okay, so the penultimate player at your car's right is Portuguese legend Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, so Ronaldo, of course, has a number of luxury cars in his fleet. and One of those is a Baghetti Chiron. So all I need to know is Ronaldo's Baghetti Chiron higher or lower in value than DF's 420-gram Mercedes McLaren. So what do you reckon? You're in the millions now. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're way higher. <laughs> He's probably got solid gold wheel rings on it or something as well. I mean, he would bling you. I mean, if anyone's yeah. going to bling a car up, it's got to be Cristiano Ronaldo, let's face it. So... Even the standard Chiron is way higher. So, yeah, we're into about two and a half million. Oh, he's, he's tough. Honestly, you're a guru. You've absolutely nailed it. Two and a half million. Well done. You do know your cars. So. This, is, this has come as shocking news, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Fancy that. Fancy that. But, uh, okay, so, uh, right, this is the last one, okay? So, the, the pressure's on. This is for a prize. So, um, we're going way back now to 1999, okay? So, Eastwood United, a combination of Eastleigh and Boyertwood, okay? So, I played in goal for that team. Uh, but this isn't this isn't about me. This is uh, this not is about... This is Adam Leach's car, isn't it? <laughs> this is not about me and my Sea Reg Ford Escort that I had. This is about Eastwood United's left-back and our captain, Adam Leach, okay? So, uh, Adam currently owns a black 65-plate Vauxhall Corsa. Um, <laughs> it's, it's racked up over 40,000 miles. And uh, I would imagine many memories, Adam, have dropped points and thrown away leads. But uh, for a chance to win, player your cars right. All I need to know is: is Adam's Vauxhall Corsa higher or lower than Cristiano Ronaldo's oh. 2.5 million Bugatti? Since it's, you know, it's, it's ex Adam Leach, so this is the trouble it, now. And it is customised. I should add. If this custom- went to an auction, you know, went to an auction because it's got that heritage. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, it, it yeah. might go ballistic, something like that. <laughs> you know, coins or something. You know, so it. it I think it would get close to the trip after <laughs> an auction, but yeah. maybe just not quite get there. Yeah. So I'd, I'd have to probably disappoint Adam and say it's probably slightly less, less than yeah. two and a half million, his course. So, so Tiff's going low. Have you got any customizations on it, Adam? Uh, well, there's a dent in the back. Yeah, good. Does that count? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, some bag for life. Because you'd build a story. It was dented by Ronaldo reversing his Bugatti Chiron into your course. That would give it history. Yeah, Providence. Exactly, heritage, All of a sudden yeah. now, the price has gone up. Yeah, yeah, good. good Pro- so. Probably there's probably a slightly smaller dent than the massive hole that I now have in the uh, in the front end of my car, having hit a fox last What's week. What's going on about that fox? Ah. Honestly, oh God! Uh, yeah, so there we go. Anyway, I managed to get an online valuation, Adam, and uh, the car came in, and I'm, I've rounded up here. But six thousand four hundred pounds ads you got for that. So, uh, so yeah, I cool. can I can confirm that it's lower than Ronaldo's Bugatti. So well done, guys! You've won. Player, your cars right, and and there is actually a set of fairy dice and a Total Saints podcast. I managed to get some bumper stickers made, Tiff. So we'll send one to you, yeah. right? 
Tremendous. Thank you very much. You did. Yeah, well, I, I think Tiff carried the team there, to be honest. <laughs> he did, he did, he did. So uh, that's it. So that is Player Your Cars Right. Before we move on to Spurs and Cardiff then, Tiff, I did ask during the week um, so that we can do it for our next Total Recall what your favourite ever game was watching Saints. So you, you came back and said Chelsea won Saints 3, which I think was under Ronald Koeman. So you enjoyed that day out. Oh, we were in the upper deck with the, with the away fans and the, the moment when Pella and Mane came charging towards us and, and scored that third goal has to be, you know, so high up. And we're all, you know, Mourinho's right, your fans are shy. It was all, the, it was kicking off. The fans were great and uh, Mourinho was in getting absolutely hammered by our fans and, yeah, Pella and Mane running at us yeah. for that third goal was. We should have had, we should have had six or seven that night. That was ridiculous. It was so one sided. <laughs> It was one the pure ecstatic moments. I have to say, Crystal Palace just, you know, a couple of months ago, yeah. that was an OBS scored the winner and gave us a 2 0 lead. I mean, the relief was that. That was a pretty amazing highlight of my Saints uh, days because yeah. Crystal Palace, I've been to two losses there. So it was my first away win at watching Palace and OBS scoring that goal was a huge release of the, of the, of the Southampton fans' normal tension that we live through all our lives. And it's still our only win this season. I was going to say it's one we're treasuring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, And uh, going back to that, that Chelsea game then, I, I think they, they'd taken the lead, hadn't they? So it was uh, that was kind of the start of the, the run on the Cumin, really, that season, wasn't it? Because it was, uh, I'm just trying to think, was it maybe October, September, October, something like that? And, uh, you, you know, it really sort of kicked off our season and when, when we got up to sixth in the position, Tiff. So those were the, the heady days. It seems, as, Adam said the, as Adam said the other week, it, it feels bizarre that it's only two or three seasons ago, but it kind of shows a bit the fall from grace, really, doesn't it? There's only about three players left from that, that lineup. I think they're still with us. So we're, it, it, it is amazing how we've moved on. We haven't got time this, this episode, but uh, what we'll do, the next Total Recall, we will do that game and uh, we'll throw some clips into the goals and uh, I'll catch up with Steve and the guys from Saints Archive and then we'll dedicate that to you then, Tiff, all right? Thank you very much, love. It doesn't get any easier for Saints now, of course, with their away trips to Tottenham and Cardiff this coming week. With their new ground, as well being publicised behind schedule, the Spurs away fixture will once again be played at Wembley. Spurs have been a bit up and down this season, Ads, but as is Saints luck at the moment, they, they've picked up a bit, so uh, you know we're kind of probably getting them at the wrong time again. Yeah, it feels a bit like that, doesn't it? It's going to be a really difficult night for them on Wednesday, I think, up at Wembley. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see what, what Hughes does with the team. I mean, there's a few considerations. Potentially, Danny Ings will be back. I think that they were, uh, as of as of pre-United, were relatively hopeful that Ryan Bertrand would be available again as well. Hmm. So um, what changes do you make to the team, given... Obviously, Hughes was pleased with the performance. Does he go back to a back four? Does he stick with what he's got? Does he bring Bertram back? Does he bring Ings back? Does he uh, sort of play the same team? Or does he actually take the view that, well, maybe I'll, I'll rest one or two? Or, you know, if there's you know Ings, for example, maybe I'll just give him 20 minutes because the focus really has to be on the Cardiff game. And obviously, the turnaround is so quick. And, and both being away games... All right, I appreciate neither of them are too far away, but it's still not ideal getting back early hours of um, Thursday morning, as the team will, um, and then having to be playing in Cardiff, you know, just two days later. So for a huge game, so obviously he needs to keep people uh, fresh for that. But but then on the flip side, he personally needs results, as we know. Yeah. Uh, the team needs results. So it's it's a bit of a difficult balancing act for him, I think, really. Um, they also, even if they're going to get beaten at Tottenham, they obviously don't want something that's horrific. Mm. Um, so it'll be a really interesting to see with what he does uh, with start this. Start the he, same team. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm a big, yeah. big believer when you've got a bit of momentum, just start the same team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this exhaust. I think uh, even if they're a bit worn out, I think if you get momentum and adrenaline going, you know, that weariness disappears if you're... So I'm a big I'm a big fan of rewarding a good result by just playing the same team. Yeah. What What would you do, Steve? Because I think, as, as Tiff says there, I mean, I, I tend to agree that I'd probably try and keep Ings for Cardiff. And then even, even if Bertrand's back, I think none of us have been overly impressed with him this season. So I'd almost, you know, whilst I appreciate Spurs have got a lot of attacking talent, you know, keep Suarez and um, Valerie in and see how they get on. 
What's yeah, targets? Expect- what's targets injury? Is he available? Adam, target. I'd expect him to be available. He 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 basically suffered concussion at, at Leicester, right. um, and so obviously they won't. They, isn't, you know, isn't there an automatic two-week cooling-off period if you if you if you got a concussion? Is that not a thing, or is that is it, is it, it two weeks? Is that is that set in stone now? I mean, I don't I don't know. Obviously, there was no question of him playing at the weekend. That was sort of no doubt at all. But I don't know if that. I, 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 assume, that. I assume that would just be a thing now because surely you can't you can't take a risk with with head injuries like that. Well, I don't think Saints would either. So yeah, in terms of the fullbacks, then Steve, would you just leave them as they are, or would you bring Bertrand in and move Cedric back to right if he's available or target? Obviously, difficult one. Um, yeah, I don't know. The only sort of thing I can think is that Hughes, in previous jobs, has quite often taken this attitude of prioritising future games. So when he was at Stoke, I remember he basically tossed off a game at Chelsea um, with a view to they had a game against at home against Newcastle that was much more winnable, I think, three or four days later. So he basically put a scratch side out at Chelsea. They got they got done like five nil or something yeah. with a view to keeping key players fresh for the for the, the following game, which was more important. They then obviously went and lost that one as well. Yeah. Um, so I think Hughes has got to be a little bit careful, I think, in terms of if he tries to be a little bit too clever on this, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk uh, Danny Ings. Definitely. Yep. Um, if he's got a chance of being fit for Cardiff, great. Yeah. Um, but Obafemi has occupied defenders. He's been a bit of a pain. So I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd keep, keep him in for the, um, for Wednesday night. Um, also don't forget that obviously it's North London derby today. Mm. So we've got, we've got an extra day's rest over Spurs and they're going to be going into a pretty high, high intensity game against Arsenal where, I mean, anything can happen from there. You, I mean, derby game, I mean, not, not necessarily form goes out the window or anything like that, but it's one of those where you quite often see a high percentage of, of red cards and injuries and things like that. So I wouldn't necessarily think that Spurs will necessarily be at full strength Wednesday either. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they approach it as well. Particularly, particularly, obviously, given that they've got huge Champions League game in Barcelona the following week, which they need to win. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I'm just looking on the FA website where you're talking there. So it does look like it's two weeks is their recommendation for concussion, Steve. So we'll see what happens. But uh, there we go. Um, other than the expensive parking at Wembley Tiff, which I know is uh, not a, a friend <laughs> of yours. Um, Harry Kane, Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen, oh, Eric Lamala. I'm Luke- getting bored with Wembley. I'm getting bored. I hate going to Wembley. It's become a depressing place. I know. I know. The great paint pot days when we loved Wembley, but but there's so many games since that ended up being disappointing. That um, yeah, it's a horrible place to get to. It's got no. It's got no passionate feeling as a home club, as it is a sort of big concrete jungle in the middle of nowhere. But uh, always have a good, uh, nice uh, meal at Wagayama's before we go there. So it's it's nice to enjoy that element of going to Wembley, but the rest of it never seems to be a good place to go to for Saints at the moment. And so and Spurs are one of those sides. I was just saying they've uh, got a lot of attacking talent. So you know, certainly a team that we know will put Saints under pressure. Obviously, but, I mean, as we said, they might be a bit more. They, they might rest some of their superstars against us. So you know, you never know. We might. You never know, do you? That's always you always have to go there with that feeling. You never know. They might rest Kane, and boy, that we might get lucky. This, you know. So as always, we'll arrive with positivity in our hearts, <laughs> singing loud early on, and. Um, Slowly deteriorating. Too too <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I've, I've done a full uh, Adam Leach because I've made Harry Kane my fantasy captain already, so they better not drop him, otherwise I'll be fuming. So uh, <laughs> there we go. But uh, And just finally, Steve, I mean, our, our Wembley record, as Tiff says there, hasn't been great the last few uh, occasions. You think of the cup final, you think of uh, Chelsea last season, you think of Spurs 5-2 when we didn't have a goalkeeper in goal that day, I don't think. Um, mm. it's, not, it's, not, it's not been a great uh, hunting ground the last few few games, has it? So. No, it's not been great, but then we've played against good teams each time. Um, well, I mean, slightly debatable with United in the League Cup final, but yeah, I mean, Chelsea and Spurs are just better sides than us. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you would always say we would be underdogs in, in those games and the same will apply Wednesday. Yep. Um, but I don't know if we can kind of put in a, put in a similar shift as we did last night, then, well, who knows? I mean, you would think Spurs will be a lot more energetic than United were, mm. which perhaps isn't saying much, but, who knows? Um, again, bite your arm off for a point at this stage. Yeah, no, totally. So, uh, all right. Um, I mean, all three of us rate them off against Manchester United. So, uh, from a predictions point of view, Tiff, what do you reckon the score will be? 
Well, I predicted that we'd be Manchester United. I met you saying you wrote them off. Well, I, 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 I do was that tweeting, every week. You know, I was tweeting positivity. <laughs> I think we might get a draw against Spurs and we're going to win down in Wales. Oh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm always, my pint's always half full. I remember you saying that, yeah. Good, good. All right. So, uh, cool. Adam, what do you reckon at Spurs? Uh, I, I'm afraid I, I have to go for a Spurs win. Yeah. Um, I'll go for a 2 0. 2 0. Okay. Steve, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'd, I would expect them to win relatively comfortably, but I don't think they're all that at the back, so I think we probably will score. So I think 3 1. That's what I had down here, Steve, so I had 3 1 as well. So I'm going to change it to 3 0 because I like to be pessimistic, as everyone <laughs> knows. So uh, good, all right. So yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, it's been evident, hasn't it, that the, the lads are still putting the, the shift in for Hughes. So I, I, I think there'll be plenty of effort, but maybe lacking uh, the cutting edge. So, uh, so yeah, so I've gone for 3 0. Once Spurs are out of the way, it's a trip down to Wales for Saints and Cardiff City. I have to say, I watched the Cardiff um, Wolves game on Friday night, Adam, and uh, they've certainly shown signs the last few weeks of some real passion and commitment and arguably maybe everything we're, we're sort of lacking, but picking up wins as well. So certainly not going to be an easy test either. No, and, and Cardiff, exactly the same as Saints, are going to know how much is resting on this game. Um, the only thing you'd say is that, uh, from a Saints point of view, is that there is no doubt in my mind that Saints are currently much more likely to get uh, results and performances when they're under less pressure. Mm. The more pressure they're under, the, the more they seem to buckle, um, just generally. I mean, you look at the, the game, the winnable home games that have come without wins, and then yesterday we talk about, you know, Steve's made the point, what, why is it that Saints are, are so uh, poor when they've got a lead? Well, that's pressure, isn't it? Mm. That's pressure because you know that you've got something tangible. Whereas when you're the underdog or when you're chasing, you've kind of got nothing to lose by that stage. So you're not under pressure. Um, and that was the same at United yesterday. Obviously, they, they're doing great. They're, suddenly, they're 2-0 up. The realisation comes. The pressure comes on them to hold on. And, and you know, suddenly it's 2 all. Mm. Yes, they did well to get over the line at, at two at two two, I suppose, from there. But nonetheless, um, you know, they, they were going into that game where nobody expected them to get anything. It's much easier to for them, I think, at the moment to perform in those situations. And though they will be under considerable pressure at Cardiff, uh, obviously Cardiff will be under more pressure because they are at home. So they will be thinking, well, this is one we have to win. Um, the same as you would be if if the boot was on the other foot. Those Saints will feel they need a win. Uh, you know, I guess for Saints are more philosophically, if they got a draw, even though that's, I appreciate that's not great. That's better than that's a better result for them than it is for Cardiff. So perhaps, just perhaps, the fact that there's going to be so much pressure on Cardiff, so much focus on them, might actually suit Saints to play with a little more freedom. Um, it, you know, in terms of mentally more freedom, anyway. Um, and, and maybe maybe that will help them. And and I think the one thing is, you know, Hughes, Warnock. They're, they've kind of made a good stocking trade of getting teams out that are, that are capable of fighting and battling and, you know, t things like that. And so you'd, you'd expect Saints to be plenty up for it as they were when they played Swansea away at the end of last season and, and things like that. So I, I actually am relatively optimistic for Saints going to Cardiff, I have to say. I've developed a whole new idea now listening to that. Because, right, Saints are famous for throwing away leads, right? We've lost more points from leading position than anybody else, yep. right? We play bad when we're under pressure because then we, we, you know, we get our little lead and we're under pressure. So what we do now is give away a goal <laughs> the first half so that we're behind and then we play with more freedom yeah. because we, we, we haven't got pressure. Like, yep. This is a new tactic. Give a goal away. Stop having a lead in the first half. This would be a sensational new method of football management. <laughs> Saints are looking for a new director of football, Tiff. I mean, why not? Yeah. You know, why not head yeah. in? I reckon you could do that job with that sort of philosophy. That was a great analysis. We play better when we're not under pressure. Yeah. So let's let's yeah. give a goal away. S Southampton haven't dropped one single point from a lead this season because they've never taken the lead and that sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah I like to it. Get all that negativity out of the press. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And, and you mentioned that you're going down to Cardiff and that you you fancy them to to do well down there. You're you're everything. I haven't even looked at who who plays for. Cardiff. I've done all the research I've done. I've got to pay the toll to go over the bridge. It's always <laughs> depressing. But apart, I've no idea who plays for them at all. It's a, it's a team I haven't researched yet, but um, I'm just be going to a new ground for the first time and uh, full yeah. of my normal Southampton optimism. Uh, I don't know, whatever happens will happen. 
The annoying thing with that toll is that they're stopping the toll literally a week after we've we've gone there. Oh, Are they? Yeah. Up, yeah. It? Next, it's yeah, it's a week after. What are they going to do instead? It'll just be free with it. Yeah, you just drive straight through. Nice, nice, good. All right, Neil Warnock, Steve. I know Mark Hughes. Uh, yeah. Mark Hughes. Lots of people will probably say this, but in my opinion, Neil Warnock, the most horrible man in football. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, there's a there's a um, a throne in hell reserved for Steve Evans, I think. <laughs> um, but I mean, he's he's one of those where if he's if he's on your side, then you kind of get behind him, and if you don't, then you then you hate him because he's a bit he's a bit of a wind up merchant. I don't think he necessarily believes a lot of the stuff he says. I think at the end of the day, he's he is the top of top of the championship. Get you promoted to the Premier League manager. Yeah. Well, obviously his his record, he's never kept a team up. So which, yeah, I mean we'll we'll see how see how that pans out. But I I still suspect Cardiff will be down there. Mm. Um, along with Huddersfield, and I mean my my preseason picks were those two and Burnley, um, mm. and yeah, I mean the all three of those are kind of I suppose Cardiff and, and Huddersfield have had an upturn of form recently, but I think long term I'm not sure I, I don't think um, either of those are sustainable. Mm. Uh, but I mean Warnock is Warnock. He'll be they'll be very direct. Um, I mean watching their game against Wolves on Friday, they just terrified the crap out of their defence with. Um, Aaron Gunnison's long throw. Yeah. Um, so that would be my main concern: would be how we're going to fare from set pieces, given how many goals we've conceded from set pieces this season. But by the same token, Cardiff are somehow even worse than us defensively from set pieces. So corners and corners and free kicks are uh, probably where where that game's going to be won. Mm. So what you're saying is, is is Robbie Savage of management then, really? Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> um, and, without the bling. <laughs> um, and you know, after a fairly decent performance against Manchester United, Adam, assuming Saints don't get anything at uh, at Spurs, then you know we've obviously spoken about the Cardiff City game. But um, you know, how important is it that they do pick up at least a draw down there? You know, you know, as we said last week, maybe it's not must win. I know you'll say it's never must win, but certainly it's must not lose again. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I don't want to just completely contradict what I said, but obviously it is. Compl- it does feel pretty vital, really, given um, the situation they found themselves in. Um, I, I think really they need to be winning that game. But uh, a draw, like I said, I, I feel a draw would be a better result for them than it would for Cardiff. But mm-hmm. I, I still don't think a draw is, assuming that there's a defeat at Spurs, is going to feel like a great result. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that that game, you look at this run of games, they're in a very tough run of fixtures at the moment. Uh, we knew this was going to happen, and which is why it was vital that they got some more points on the board than they did before we came into this. But you look at what's to come, and you look at you, you, the, the Cardiff and the Huddersfield games just leap off the fixture list, don't you, don't they? And just say, but these these are the two um, that really, that all the attention, all the focus has to go on to. Uh, because because they're absolutely well they're just so vital because you just can't afford um in the premier league to to kind of lose those games against the teams around you i think there's enough to suggest that if if kind of saints stay in and around those sides that that you know it'll be a bit like last year and there'll be a load of teams there'll be a good five or six teams in it probably in all likelihood at the very end or to, you know, in the last few weeks still, because there's nobody there that looks like they're going to, you know, people pick up odd bits of form, but then they're going to get dragged down again. There's nobody yep. that looks like they're going to rock it out of it in that little group. So, you know, you've got to, you've got to make sure you stay in it and in touch. What Saints can't afford to do is even if they sort of, and you know, in amongst those games, they, they have some defeats and they kind of, they're, they're slumping a little bit. They can't afford to get to the halfway point of the season and be, more than a win away from getting out of the bottom three for example because then you're you're just under such immense pressure you have to then produce something yeah the likes of which you've been unable to produce in the entire first half of the season so Mm. i think it's about keeping those teams in range preferably beating them obviously Um, and i think that i think it's going to be important that they win one of those two um I, i think but i think if they could take four points from those two ideally we'd take six but four i think would be would be a reasonable enough return to retain some faith that they they can still get out of it right let's do predictions to finish up then so steve we'll go with you first this time uh nervy 2-1 win 2-1 win blimey excellent okay i'm, I'm gonna go next because uh otherwise i always feel that i've got nothing left but pessimism so I, i'm gonna go for i'm assuming that mark hughes will still be in charge at this stage um we will obviously uh wait and see what happens uh spurs and things like that but uh, i'm gonna go for a two all draw with cardiff so uh, a, a goal bonanza so um tiff you you said you reckon they can win 
Oh, we'll start Gabbiadini 3-0. Once we've got Gabbiadini confidence, we need, we, he's one of our best goal scorers last year and he just needs to get on the pitch more. In fact, have Gabbiadini and Oberfemi and Redmond running at them. Yeah. 3-0. Bit of pace. 3-0. 3-0. Excellent. All right, good. And then finally, Adam, the voice of reason, what do you reckon? Wild optimism, because why not? Um, <laughs> 3-1 Saints. 3-1 Saints, good. All right, so none of us reckon they'll lose down there, which makes a change. Thanks to Tiff for joining the three of us this week. It's always appreciated, Tiff, and uh, a happy Christmas to you and the family when it comes along. So hopefully we can get you on again at uh, some point, maybe before the end of the season, when we can talk about Saints pushing for Europe or something like that, eh? Lovely. We'll be back next time around to further discuss the ups and downs of Saints FC. Don't forget to check out www.patreon.com slash totalsaintspod. Until then, keep marching in. Let's go down the disco. Let's go down the disco. <laughs> Let's go down the disco. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gays wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.